Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo Scribner once again filling in for Jim Smalley. He will be back next week when the calendar flips over to May. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. On today's show, we're going to chat with the Minister of Agriculture, David Merritt, about the situation going on in southeast Saskatchewan, as well as his outlook for the year. We're also going to be talking about hog prices, an upmarket update there, also from the Ministry of Agriculture, and a U of R student is doing research on how a decline in bees could affect the long-term impact of agriculture. We'll also have the farm weather in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778 and brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your water well wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The southeast portion of the province was once again hit with a storm that has cut power out in areas. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says that from an agriculture perspective, they do have some concerns. Obviously, we're concerned about it. And, uh, you know, we have had some calls and concerns, especially on the livestock side. You know, the the challenges around that. Uh, I know that some municipalities have declared disaster. Uh, If others haven't, I would, you know, uh, reach out to those livestock producers if their municipality hasn't declared to see if they you know if there is a need for them to do that uh so uh and they do that the the rural municipality would have to declare the disaster so we just hope that that communication is there between the producers and the municipality as well so uh, obviously we saw some significant uh snowfall and rainfall down in that part of the the province as well so uh it's, it's concerning we're probably obviously going to see some significant runoff there and from a Ministry of Agriculture perspective, is there anything that you guys can do to help out farmers and producers down in the southeast? Well, there is. Uh, we're looking at every opportunity we can here, and that's I think once we see some uh, significant numbers on the uh, from the municipalities declaring disaster, it gives us an opportunity to look at uh, different mechanisms that might be able to trigger uh, that tanner. And we're we're looking at those right now, and obviously closely monitoring what the municipalities are doing. And right now there are widespread power outages in the southeast. Is there anything else that you want to touch on or add regarding just kind of the situation in the in the southeast portion of the province right now? You know, hope and pray everybody's safe and obviously concerned about uh, the livestock side as well and and uh, you know, the ranchers looking after after their stock and I'm sure they are and and doing everything they can to protect it. So 
Uh, we just want to wish everybody to be safe out there. We know that obviously SAS Power is doing everything they can to replenish the power to everybody, and um, and uh, we just want to commend all those workers that are doing that, both from SAS Power and some private companies that are in there as well. And uh, you're, you know, as we started, we're getting into the seeding uh, season now, and I just uh, hope and pray and want to tell everybody, please be safe out there, uh, both from a public uh, perspective and also for the industry as well, for the farmers and ranchers that are getting busy and obviously going to have some long days and nights ahead. We will have more from our chat with Minister Merritt after this. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and Prairie Co-op Grow Team Feeling Farms, Feeding Families in Cupar, Ituma, Lipton and Strasburg. Despite challenges facing farmers and producers this year, the Ministry of Agriculture is staying positive that this year will be a good year. David Merritt says farmers are positioned well for the upcoming season. Well, I think for for the most part, the province has seen you know some significant moisture recovery. Uh, obviously, you know in some parts it won't be enough to to bring the crop through. Other parts have seen significant snowfall through the winter and and a nice slow melt. Uh, I know talking to my colleagues here that uh, they've seen the snow go down uh, into the ground, so the moisture uh, is being replenished. I know there is still pockets in the province and, you know, in the west central part and some small pockets in the southwest as well that uh, are still in dire straits of uh, needing uh, a lot of moisture. But uh, we did see some recovery in in a lot of the dugouts uh, for the ranching community, you know, for the livestock sector. And we saw some uh, much-needed moisture replenished for the for the crops uh, guys too. So uh, we're seeing that side of it. Obviously, we saw some impact over the last few weeks with significant moisture in the southeast part. But we did see you know widespread moisture kind of across the province, and and seeing a slow slow melt or snow melt has really helped that moisture go to where it's needed in the ground. Mother Nature will always present a challenge for farmers and producers, but this year there's the ongoing war in Ukraine, which could lead to crop shortages if they're not able to to plant their crop, as well as the rising cost of inflation. It sits over 5%. With those new challenges, are you still remaining positive for producers and farmers? Uh, you know, I am, and uh, obviously, you know, every farmer is. I was all my life too, as well. Always positive about putting a crop in the ground and hoping for a good return on it, and uh, and I hope that we see that continue. Uh, obviously, our our, our uh, thoughts and prayers are with the people of Ukraine, and hopefully, this situation can come to a resolve, and uh, and Russia will move out of Ukraine, and uh, we can see, you know, you know, I know it's getting late there to put a crop in, but still some opportunity to put a crop in the ground there too, to to feed the world, much like we do here. So. Uh, you know, we just hope that uh, it all comes to an end real, real soon. And as I said, just want to, you know, hope and pray that everybody's safe out there this growing season as well. And what do you feel might be some of the stresses or challenges that farmers and producers might face this year? Well, you know, I, I hope there really isn't too many. I hope we can see some timely rains to bring a crop in. Uh, obviously, the you know the markets are dictating uh, you know a very strong uh, strong prices in the commodity side, and that everybody can pull off a pretty good crop. Uh, I mean, there's always challenges when we're dealing with Mother Nature in the agriculture sector, both from either from you know rains and everything else or lack of, 
And uh, all we can really hope for is that we see positive uh, growth again this year and we see some timely rains to replenish everything, replenish uh, water levels and sub-moisture, uh, sub but also for the pastures uh, to rejuvenate and get back to some sense of normal here. And, and hopefully we have a good growing season uh, this year as well, Tanner. And right now, in terms of temperature, we're around 10 degrees colder than seasonal temperatures for this time of year. Are you kind of expecting a delayed start to seeding to have any type of, of impact or, or added challenge for farmers and producers this year? No, I, you know, I mean, we're getting, you know, the end of April, usually the southwest part of the province is going, but now in some parts they might be even doing that right now uh, starting this week. So, you know, is it set the calendar back a little bit? Yes, it has. But, uh, you know, we look at a growing season for the whole month of May and, it, and right up to the, you know, the 15th and 20th of June is where crop insurance deadline, it cuts off on, the, on June 20th. So, uh, you know, we hope that, uh, you know, we'll see all the acres planted in that time frame and we'll take it from there. But I think we have the right programs in place to cover both the uh, crops folks and the livestock folks as well. So I would encourage everybody to look at those programs and for the most part, uh, they already have. That was the Minister of Agriculture, David Merritt. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. And welcome back to Real Lag Radio. We're joined right now by Davidson, Saskatchewan farmer, Rob Stone. Hey, Rob, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Uh, a few weeks ago, you went on a big trip and uh, yeah. very, very, very interesting stuff. You, you went down to Brazil, which is obviously one of the largest agricultural producers in the world. I guess, what was your perception of, of what you saw in Brazil? It, was it uh, dramatically different than what you thought? I, I think... Um there, there's, it's really tough to answer because yeah, I mean, like I didn't really know what to expect to be honest. I mean, everyone's impression of Brazil is either lots of soybeans or lots of rainforest. And, and that's basically both lots of, lots of cattle, lots of grassland, undulating topography. If I had to explain it, I'd basically call it Western Canada, except for without winter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's obviously more beautiful trees, all that sort of stuff, but landscape varies, um, farming varies from state to state. I mean, it's just, massive we put a lot of miles on going from uh going from state to state we were in Madagrasso, we were in uh we were in sao paulo we were in, in a few different states checking out different things but yeah overall um i'd say that it's um it it's really tough to explain unless you just get to go see it but uh there's certainly a lot of diversity there yeah and you're down there with a company trying to push technology as you looked out on the landscape, did you get the sense that there were farmers using the, the latest and greatest in equipment in, in kind of tech, or was there a huge, huge diversity in what you saw in terms of what was being used on the farm? So our, yeah, our tour would, was basically, we went and saw the biggest and the, and the greatest latest of the, of a few of the companies that they work with. Uh, they're certainly not using brand new, equipment and i think that that's where their fit is with their technology is it's pretty agnostic to what these companies are doing in fact most of the companies that are running john deere have trembles in them uh just because that's their basic 
uh, monitor that they like using and some of their equipment, those sorts of things. So, so they're the interface between it. So, um, I can't really speak to like, you know, kind of the smaller holder, you know, the, the average size farmer and those sorts of things because we didn't get to visit them. Next time I go, I want to go visit some of the kind of the smaller operations where, where we were at with uh, a place like Amaji or Hrazin, uh, which is Amaji is, is, is very integrated from, from production all the way to shipping and into, uh, you know, cotton, soybeans, uh, from, from shipping it or producing it and shipping it all the way to their overseas, uh, customers. And so there, and that's, that's really some of the big adopters of the, of, of the technology that we were, that we were yeah. looking at. Farm size, um, it, it is, are the big, absolutely massive. And of course, then there, there is the smallholder farm there too, but like on the, on the big side, what, what were some of the acreage numbers that you heard? Well, so for example, at Armaji, um, and I, I'll get the numbers wrong, but the one farm that we were at in Madagrass with the saw, they were a hundred thousand acres or a hundred, sorry, a hundred thousand hectares of oh. land that's under, um, under production, all nice blocks and, and set up. They have their own towns, communities, ambulance, restaurants, those sorts of things that kind of take on a lot of the, uh, the functions of a, of a local municipality when they set up and they're, they're completely integrated where they're doing their production. They've got the labor, there, mechanical, all of those things. Uh, plus then they're, they're shipping. They were just going through a process of figuring out owning their own trucks. I think they bought 300. They were looking to buy another 300 for shipping to the ports and actually have, uh, have their own boats and, and those sorts of things. So very integrated from that respect. And of course that brings, you know, you have to coordinate all of that. So that's, that was, it was interesting to see. And we, we got to visit with a lot of their chief uh, operating people and, and ask them questions about the logistics, of double crop and cotton and, and uh, soybeans and why they do the things they do. So very interesting uh, mm. on that level. Uh, the other interesting uh, uh, tour that we were on was with Razin and I, my Brazilian friends will make fun of my Portuguese pronunciation of it. Uh, the largest uh, sugarcane producer in, I think in the world. Um, I mean, they've got 34 bioenergy parks under production right now that are, is pulled sugarcane in off of a million plus hectares. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather forecast is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and buy Moose Jaw Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair, drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today it's sunny with the wind gusting to 70 and a high of 6. Tonight there's going to be increasing cloudiness this evening. The wind's going to continue to gust to 70, a low of minus 2, and wind chill minus 10 overnight. Tomorrow it's going to be cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries in the morning, switching to a risk of freezing rain. With things clearing up in the afternoon, the wind's going to gust southeast to 60 kilometers afternoon. There's going to be a high of 11 and wind chill minus 10 in the morning. And tomorrow night, it's clear with a low of minus 2. On Thursday, things warm up to a high of 11 with a low of minus 1. On Friday, there's a chance of showers throughout the day with a high of 10 and a low of plus 3. And on Saturday, there's a 70% chance of showers with a high of 9 and a low of plus 
plus one. The normal high for today is 15. The normal low is one. Sunrise was at 543 this morning, and the sunset is scheduled to fall at 810. Around the province at this hour, in Estevan at zero, Yorkton plus one, Moose Jaw plus eight, Swift Current sits at plus 14, Weyburn's at plus three, and Regina sits at plus five. We'll be back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Wall, the Scribner, filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A U of R student is currently researching the pathogen presence of native Saskatchewan bumblebees. Kristen Palmier, a Ph.D. student at the University of Regina, is working with Dr. Cameron and Dr. Sheffield as her supervisors, and she explains her research and the impacts it could have on Saskatchewan and agriculture. On different aspects of bumblebee health within Saskatchewan. Um, so I look at... Uh, whether or not they are carrying certain pathogens. Um, and I'm also looking to see where they occur, where the pathogens occur, and also where the bumblebees occur within Saskatchewan. And um, also looking to see if there are any links to uh, the pathogens and their microbiome or the little bacterial and fungal communities that live within their guts. And explain why your research project is important. The bees that I'm looking at are native to Saskatchewan, um, so they're not managed populations um, like honeybees, uh, leafcutter bees, and mason bees. Um, those guys all originated from Europe. So the populations that I'm focusing on are the ones that are originally from this area. And unfortunately, some of these species have been experiencing drastic declines in Canada, um, including two recently assessed species that co co-occur in Saskatchewan um, and they're called the yellow-banded bumblebee or Bombus tricola and the western is Bombus occidentalis. Um, so one of the neat things about my research is that um, it also ties into what's going on with managed populations as well because uh, bees are all uh, said to be experiencing the same stressors um, whether they're managed or they're native. Um, it might be a little bit more difficult for the native species because they don't have help to live like they're not living in colonies and and getting antibiotics or what have you um, when they're sick um, so any insight from my research might help with um, managed populations as well if the saskatchewan bee population continues to decline what are going to be some of the cascading effects that it could have on agriculture in saskatchewan the cultivation, production, and processing of agricultural commodities remains one of the most important exports for Saskatchewan. Um, and that being said, like the majority of Canadian wheat, oats, flaxseed, and barley crops are largely produced by farmers within the prairie provinces. Um, so grain farm crops, including seed crops like wheat, oat, flax, alfalfa, and canola, 
are largely dominated within the Aspen Parkland ecoregion. Um, so Saskatoon falls within that ecoregion and it's known for its uh, rich black fertile soils. And even though some crops are wind pollinated, um, like most wheat crops, the non-cereal crops like peas, lentils, canola, and sunflower benefit from pollination services that both wild and managed bees provide. And those benefits can depend on the type of crop, but um, for the most part, when you have pollinators within a system, it increases the quantity and quality of agricultural products. So in general, bees can drastically change landscapes and increase the overall health of the land. And so if we don't have bees within an ecosystem, um, we could risk losing um, those pollination services. Uh, so that might mean that we no longer have certain crops um, if they're dependent on different species of bees. Like alfalfa crops benefit uh, quite largely from alfalfa leaf cutter bees or megachilla rodentata. Um, and then there's also the non-agricultural side of it too, um, that they provide these pollination services for um, natural landscapes too. So if we could lose uh, a certain species of plants or uh, it could have like a cascading effect downwards where if the plants aren't being pollinated um, and they're not producing berries or um, the next part of their life, then um, the animals that consume that um, might end up suffering from the effects of that as well. So. It, it's kind of like a like a top-down thing. Um, like these are so important to both agricultural and native landscapes. Christian Palmier is a PhD student at the University of Regina. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. North American hog and pork markets were mixed last week. Brad Marcinick, a provincial livestock economist with the Ministry of Agriculture, gave us the latest market outlook. Well, slaughterweight cash hog prices moved higher last week in Western Canada. We did see the SIG 4 price increase over $3 per 100 kilogram to average $224.75 per 100 kilograms. U.S. slaughterweight cash prices also moved higher last week with prices peaking on Wednesday before falling lower on Friday. The U.S. national base price did increase $4.37 per hundredweight last week to average $102.48 per hundredweight. We did, however, see some weakness on the feeder hog price side of it. Isoene hog prices were lower along with feeder hog prices, mainly due to seasonal weakness, but also due to higher corn prices in the U.S. On the lean hog futures markets, prices did jump higher on Monday before trending lower into Friday, with prices ending the week overall mixed. And what were some of the factors for the price changes? Some of the factors regarding price changes, we did see that, again, the isoene and feeder prices moved lower last week. We continue to see U.S. corn prices edge higher on concerns that U.S. corn crop this year is lower and production will likely be lower. We also saw the lean hog future prices jump higher on Monday, followed by 
trending lower over the week. There was some concerns over commodity demand in general uh, due to a potential COVID lockdown in China as their COVID cases have resumed higher. North American markets in general, particularly the stock market, has been volatile over the last few weeks on concerns of rising interest rates in North America, which could potentially cause a recession uh, into the future. And is there anything else you want to add or is of note for um, hog producers? In general, meat kettle values will be relatively steady in the short term. We don't expect any big price hikes as concerns on interest rate rises and various global economic concerns will likely cap where meat values go in the short term. Brad Marcinuk is a provincial livestock economist with the Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with your market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Purchase your all-weather windows with installation from Freeze Tallman before April 27th and you'll save 15%. And brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Looking at the Viterra price globes, Durham at 551, feed barley at 362, canola up just around 8 points to 1121, flax at 1291, lentils at 932, oats at 391, yellow peas at 628, feed wheat at 378, and one red spring wheat was up three and a half points to 519. That was your market update. We'll be right back after this. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now here's the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of April 26th. Our last regular regular sale was on April 13th. Cows are selling strong. D1 and D2 cows sold from 95 cents to $1.10. D3 cows sold from 80 cents to 95 cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $1 to $1.20. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on April 11th. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.35 and sold up to $2.48. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.33 and sold up to $2.48. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.28 and sold up to $2.45. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $2.18 and sold up to $2.34. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $2.14 and sold up to $2.33. 700 to 800-pound steers averaged $2.04 and sold up to $2.24. 800 to 900-pound steers averaged $1.92 and sold up to $2.03. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.45 and sold up to $1.70. Heifers were 20 to 30 cents back from the steers. We postponed our April 25th sale to May 2nd. We still have room in the sale. Give us a call at 842-4574. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Coming up next, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. 
Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with a look at the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and Mandaco. Talk to your Mandaco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandaco land rollers and tillage equipment. Food and energy price surges worsened by the Ukraine war could last through the end of 2024 due to disruptions in trade and production, the World Bank Group said today. Increases in energy prices, which has reached the largest since the 1973 oil crisis, is expected to pass 50% in 2022 before easing in 2023 and 2024, the multilateral group said in its commodity markets outlook. Prices for agriculture and metals are expected to increase almost 20% in 2022 before moderating at elevated levels in the following years. The war could also result in longer-lasting inflation that could delay clean energy transition as countries seek alternative trade routes and ramp up production for commodities, according to the report. The sharp rise in energy prices and, by extension, fertilizer costs could lead to food shortages and stall the progress in reducing global poverty. The bank forecasts wheat prices will jump more than 40%, reaching an all-time high in nominal terms this year, putting pressure on developing economies that rely on imports, especially from Russia and Ukraine. On the markets, the TSX is down 210 points to 20,801. The Dow Jones is down 644 to 33,404. And oil is up $3.35, pardon me, to $101.89 per barrel. The Canadian dollars dropped 38 one-hundredths of a cent to 78 48 cents U.S. That's the resource report. And if you missed any segment of the show, tune into the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com today to learn more. I've been Tanner Waldo-Scribner for Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.